Blog Talk Radio. Well, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, across the country, 10 a.m., straight up on the west, 12 in Chicago, 1 in the east coast, somewhere in New York. It's the Standing Above the Crowd podcast, hosted by my good friend, a brother, a mentor, James Donaldson, yours truly, Mark Mancini, producing out here in Los Angeles. This show goes by quick, 347-205-9631, if you want to listen live. Catch the archive on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mancini Sports, podcast platforms, wherever you subscribe to, powered now by Mancini Media. So without further ado, as I lay down the red carpet, put the podium in its place, hand off the mic. First of all, James, how are you? Second of all, how can people get a hold of you? Third of all, you had Jack Sigma last week. You come back with another great guy in Bill Cartwright this week. <laughs> well, thank you. Hey, I'm just going through my little uh, digital Rolodex and all the guys I played with and played against, and uh, it's just, it's been tremendous to do the show with you, Mark. Thank you so much for for producing it and keeping it going for us. Um, so, hey, folks out there, I'm, I'm James Donaldson. This is Standing Above the Crowd podcast, and we bring you week after week great, exciting guests, uh, interesting guests who uh, not only have been great in their sporting careers, but also really great and doing wonderful things after the career is over. And that's really what we like to talk about. Uh, We'll talk sports, of course. And during this NBA playoff run, uh, we will talk a lot about NBA basketball and have a lot of NBA guys on week after week. And then we'll keep it going according to the seasons and uh, throughout the year. So, Keep joining us every single Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And call in if you have a question. Uh, Call and listen in live if you want to listen live. And if not, uh, hang on for a day or so for the digital download, which I'll send out. And you can digitally download it and listen listen to the show at your leisure. And so... Folks, uh, you can get a hold of me at jamesd at standingabovethecrowd.com. This is one of my personal emails. It comes directly to me. I answer the questions. Uh, shoot me your comments, good, bad, or indifferent. Shoot me your thoughts on the show. Shoot me ideas for upcoming guests you're interested in listening to, and we'll do our best to round them up and get them on the upcoming shows. Today, without any further ado, is a uh, man. This, I've, I've known Bill Cardwright longer than any other basketball person in my life. You know, we go way back to high school, (laughs) Uh, back to Sacramento, California. Now, I didn't play really serious basketball until my last year in high school, but uh, and I played in the same Metro League as Bill Cartwright against the Elk Grove uh, Thundering Herd. His team was Elk Grove. Mine was Luther Burbank Titans. Uh, We matched up a couple times during that senior year of mine. But, hey, Bill has been Mr. Basketball since probably the fourth grade or so in the state of California. Uh, Very well-renowned and uh, excellent guy, excellent basketball player. And so, Bill, uh, without any further ado, I want to introduce you. And please give the folks a little snippet of what your life is like now, where you're at, what you've been up to. And then we'll dive into some of the NBA playoff stuff that's going on. Okay, Bill, go ahead and take it away. Well, James, thank you so much. And you, you, and you know what? You're right. Is that uh, you know we met in uh, high school, and yeah. you actually came down to Elk Grove, and uh, yeah, we played a little bit down there. Uh, 
um, yes, it was uh, it was it was fun because uh, you know we I, I played so much basketball then, and it was really amazing that it was even during the summer I was playing five days a week, and then I would play for fun with my cousins or friends over in the park, and yeah. it was uh, it was it was really amazing that. Uh, if you think about it, like I was crazy because I, I never had any time off, but I never wanted it. So it was, uh, it was, it was good and uh, and and bad because after high school, I was exhausted with basketball, just really done. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I was really fortunate. I was fortunate to play 16 years. I was really fortunate to be able to play um, three championship teams in Chicago. And then I was able to come back and actually coach on the last two championships. So I was able to get five of the six rings in Chicago and just had some great mentors when I was there. I had a couple of mentors with with Jared Grouse, who was the GM, and uh, he uh, really changed my life. He traded for me, and then he came back and really talked me into coaching. And... Mm -hmm. uh, Coaching-wise, one of my mentors was, uh, you know, I, I did learn a lot from Phil, but Phil learned from Tex Winter, and Tex was um, somebody that I really loved, loved spending time with. Uh, we talked to an inordinate amount of basketball, and, you know, I was just really fortunate to be able to play, like I said, 16 years, Knicks, Chicago, Whitehead, Seattle, was able to go to grad school, then started coaching. Then after my coaching, I actually, did you know, I actually coached as long as I played. I co- played for 16 years, coached for 16 years. Whoa. Uh, yeah, after that, I went over and um, had an adventure and actually coached over in Japan, which was awesome. And then I actually coached over in um, Mexico, which I don't really recommend. Okay. <laughs> and uh, right now I'm um, doing some uh, some work. I'm director of initiatives at the University of San Francisco. Uh, You're on the money. Yes, yes. Uh, they're doing some really great things over there with our great president, Father uh, Paul Fitzgerald. And we're doing some, trying to do some really special things there. So it's it's been quite an adventure. Um, that, that's fantastic. You so you mentioned you went to grad school. What did you go to grad school for? What did you study? I did, um, um, I wanted to come back and try to do something that was really, um, that I would be really familiar with. So I just, I just went back into my field of sociology. Okay. And it was, okay. it was just really, it was just really uh, really a great adventure. Um, so um, you know, I was able to get that done in a year, okay. uh, which was a lot of fun. And you know, then it just kind of took off from there. Wonderful. Yeah my my undergrad my BA was in sociology psychology so. Yeah, we've got a lot of commonalities that run throughout our, our careers here. Uh, that is fantastic. Uh, before we get into the playoffs that are going on now, I want to read a, 
uh, a short list of your accomplishments that are just fantastic. Uh, three-time NBA champion, 1991, 92, and 93 as a player. And then as a coach, you came back and picked up a couple more championships uh, a couple years later. Uh, NBA All-Star, 1980. NBA All-Rookie Team, first team, 1980. Uh, Two-time consensus, second-team All-American, 77 and 79, while you were at the University of San Francisco. Uh, the WCAC Player of the Year at San Francisco. Uh, you've done so many times, so many things. Uh, your your jersey's retired by the San Francisco Dons. You were Mr. Basketball USA in 1975. Fantastic. Uh, first Team Parade All-American in 75. Third Team Parade All-American in 74. Two-time California Mr. Basketball 1974-75. Man, you you have done it all, man. This is just an amazing uh, list of things that you've put together. And you played 16 years on top of that. And you mentioned you retired to basketball after high school. What what kept you going? What propelled you to 16 more years in the professional ranks and, and the University <laughs> of San Francisco? Well, I got reloaded because, uh, you know, when I went to UFF, we had a, a really good team. Uh, I was fortunate enough to come out the same year with this guy uh, went for boys, James Hardy, and those guys were both both all Americans, and uh, it was just a great opportunity to to win a lot of basketball games, and and we really did uh, at USF, and it's and it's kind of funny that um, the WCC West Coast Conference, which was the w, uh, WCAC. Um, we were, uh, at that point in time, we were, USF was Gonzaga. Because uh, yes. USF, yes. USF had really dominated that conference since they won the NIT in 1949. And that's that was a heck of a run. So That's right. Um, that's, uh, before, the Bill, before the Bill Russell. Yeah, just so many great players had gone through there, and uh, I didn't realize the tradition that they had had there. Um, yeah. So we were just really um, just following tradition, and uh, it was just a great experience playing there. Uh, we won the conference. Uh, out of the four years I was there, we won three three um, three times uh, when I was. A sophomore, um, we were the number one team in the country. Uh, it didn't end that way, but uh, we we, um, we we got ourselves beat up uh, uh, in the in, in the tournament. But for the most part, uh, we were uh, we were the number one team in the country. We were twenty nine and zero. Uh, it was just uh, it was it was great times. It was a great experience. And uh, like I said, I was really fortunate. I had a great coach with uh, Bob Gaylord and uh, Dan Bellamy. Yeah. It was just, it was just, uh, it was a really great time. So I was really fortunate yeah. once again to be part of something special. And, and from there, you were drafted in the first round to the New York Knicks. I believe the number three pick in the draft. Is that correct? Yeah, I was the number three pick in the draft, and, uh, you know, behind this guy, Magic Johnson, who was the number one pick. 
Larry Bird had been taking the year before. And then the second pick of the draft was uh, David Greenwood, but he ended up going yep. to Chicago. And they yeah. ended up going to, uh, to, to, to the Knicks and uh, playing for legendary coach Red Holtzman. Uh, right. Which was uh, really, uh, which was really special. It was, it, was, it was a little bit intimidating to have this guy uh, with you, but Brad was such a great person uh, yeah. that uh, that it was a really great time. So, uh, and, and you know what, my my teammate, I mean, this is really intimidating because my teammate was Earl Monroe. Oh yeah, Earl. I know Earl. Yeah, <laughs> Earl Monroe <laughs> and uh, and uh, and Barbara Webster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, wow. One of the great things about talking to guys from our era and before, I mean, you're bringing back all kind of great memories, great legendary names, Tex Winter, Red Holtzman, Phil Jackson. I mean, just the list goes on and on of the great legendary and iconic coaches really helped shape this game to what it is today. Um well, I got I'm going to pop in a question here from one of the guys that came in from Tyler from Unica, New York. He's like, "Wow, Bill Cartwright, what was the best Chicago team you played on, and your toughest team that you thought was a thorn in your side to get by?" Well, the uh, toughest team. It took us two years to get by the dreaded Detroit Pistons. Mm. And that to to win our first championship, and it's uh, you know they were they were a beast, and it's funny because everybody talks about how tough they were defensively. I mean, forget that; those guys could really score, man. Those guys could yeah. really score the basketball. They had a great bench, so they were really not only physical, but but we couldn't stop them. And they, and frankly, they were just better than us at that point in time. It took us two years to get past them. And this is the interesting thing is that I always credit Detroit for our success because once we were able to get past them, <laughs> we won three straight championships. So they, so they hardened us, so they hardened us up. Is that uh, yeah? You know, after that we knew what it took to win a championship. So. Um, you know, we we were just a tough team. We were we were a tough matchup. We could play big. We could play small. We had the best uh, bench in the league. Um, yeah, we got guys like Stacy King, B.J. Armstrong, Scott Williams, who was a really good player. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we had uh, we had Craig Hodges, who you know would probably be better playing nowadays because he used to shoot. You know, thirty foot jump shots like like it was it was candy. So yeah, uh, yeah, we just had a really great team. So um, yeah, the uh, Detroit Pistons they were they were they were the toughest. Yeah, well, I can imagine. I I was right there in, during those days uh, playing in the Western Conference, but you guys were out there in the Eastern Conference and uh, beating each other up. You. Detroit, uh, Boston, Philly, I mean, year after year, just great teams to play against. Hey, here's another good question for us. Um, Gary from Spokane, Washington, is asking about uh, a great player he thought was going to be a hell of a star in the NBA, Quentin Daly. 
And uh, whatever happened with Quentin, and why didn't he blossom into the great NBA star so many projected? And also about his favorite bull growing up, Reggie Theus. Did you play with Reggie? Yeah. Well, did I play with him? Yeah. No, but I, 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 I know Reggie. Uh, Reggie came out our yeah. year. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, Reg was, uh, Reg was, uh, uh, you know, a, a good player in the league. I mean, he, uh, mm-hmm. um, did a, did a great job. He played really well. Um, you know, he, I don't think he rose to the superstar status, but I, but he was a starter, started the league for years. So, um, yeah, Reggie did a did, did a great job, but for the most part, he yeah. was uh, he was on the West Coast, so I I never really saw him much. Um, and Quinn Daly, unfortunately, he had an incident at USF that uh, put him in a tailspin once he got into the into the league because there was actually protesters, people protesting him when he got to Chicago and. And um, he's still there. When he was when he got there, he played really well. But you know, unfortunately, he ended up having some chemical troubles. I believe some uh, alcoholism, and yeah. you know, he ended up actually passing away at a at a, at a young age. Um, oh, you know, I forgot about I, that. That's oh yes, mm-hmm. wow. It's tragic. Yeah. I mean, we're losing too many guys way too young sometimes. And, uh, wow, it's just sad when one of them passed away. Uh, Bob Lanier just passed away last week. Uh, do you have any memories of playing against Bob? Well, Bob was one of those guys. You know, when we came out, James, think about that. I mean, we had, uh, you know, like my first game was against Daryl Dawkins. One of my first games was against Bob. Uh, but everybody had somebody, you know, whether it was artists, uh, yes. You know, Ben Essel, uh, every team had a guy uh, who was really formidable, you know, Dave Collins. So yeah. you, you, had, you learned a lesson every night. And i tell you what, because my first year or so of basketball, yeah, I could hold myself offensively, but defensively, I'm like, wow, I'm getting killed out here. <laughs> 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 well, you know, we 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 played in the era, man. I mean, the big five, the big tibbets, man. We every team had a great big man in the league, yeah, and every night you couldn't take a night off. Matter of fact, somebody's talking yeah. about memory lane. Memory lane was Robert Parrish, Bill Lambeer, Moses Malone, Patrick Ewing. Night after night, we went against these guys, and. uh who who gave you the most the most trouble uh, the the biggest handful to try to handle every time you played against them? Well, all of those guys that I mentioned were always a problem. But let alone probably the guy who was the most trouble was probably Moses Malone. Yeah, and Moses, as you know, he's really unorthodox. Yeah, and I can remember playing at him in a playoff game against him and I could and James, I could promise you I was beating a tar out of him. I could not stop him. I was all <laughs> over him. All over him. And could That's not right. stop that guy. All right, so so I, I, yeah, he, 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 
in, talk, in talking with Jack Sickman last week, we were reminiscing about a playoff series against the Houston Rockets, Seattle Supersonics, friend against Moses. And Jack and I were tag-teaming throughout the game on Moses. Moses still went off for 38 points and 32 rebounds <laughs> in a playoff game. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think we both used up all six of our fouls, and we couldn't stop him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I do remember great. playing against Jack. I remember when I was playing against Jack. My first, my first couple times playing against him. Uh, yeah, he killed me. He killed me with that step back move. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know how to guard it, and it, it took me. It took me at least a year or so to figure it out. And luckily, I played with Marvin Webster. And Marvin's like, oh, what are you doing? This say you got to play him. So it, it, he had to show me. But before then, oh, man, I got roasted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, hey Bill, we got about 10 minutes left. Let's, let's jump into some NBA basketball. Uh, what do you think of the series that are going on now? What do you think about NBA basketball now compared back into our day, back in the 80s and 90s? Wow. We have this discussion um, a lot, and we've kind of resolved it to where, you know, there's no – there's no offense. There's, there's no triangle. There's no Princeton. There's no UCLA. There's, it's, uh, um, it's just seemingly basketball now is transition. You see some threes. You're going to see uh, more screen roll. You're going to see in your life. You're going to see isolation. You're going to see more dribbling. You've seen in your whole life. You're going to see five out. Um, you know, for for me and for um, you know the, the the guys that I play with, it's it's basically you don't want to judge it. You, you do get to judge it because it's it's like it looks like bad basketball. So um, you know, I'm not I'm not a fan of step back threes. I'm not a fan of of all this individual basketball. Uh, so um, I try to just watch the game and try to just enjoy it somehow. Uh, I don't. I got to turn it off a lot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's just nightmarish that it's it's you know the basketball for for me is it, is limited because it's just yeah. jump shot isolation. Uh, Nobody can play inside, and it's like a, it's like the uh, Warrior game last night. The Memphis guys, they got inside. They can't score. They can't score. They can't the, score five feet from the bucket. That's right. And it's like, that's this right. is like, this is so preposterous. Uh, <laughs> somebody teach this guy a hook. Somebody teach him a jump hook. Somebody teach him like a counter. Um, you know, um, you know, I, I I do have an appreciation for the guys because they're great athletes. Um, they're really really talented, big, strong, fast. Yeah, um, but um, I don't I don't enjoy the uh, skill level and ability to score inside, or even throw the ball inside. Uh, right. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. 
I don't yeah, know. Where's, I don't where's, think... where's, 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 yeah. where's that big guy then? Well, where's, and, where's you know, that's what I say. I, I, I tell folks, Bill, that I don't think I can play in today's game. I mean, there's still a little place for rebounders and shot blockers like I was. But you could probably play a little bit in today's game because you were more of an offensive threat, offensive-minded player. So you can still get up and down and shoot the shots, the you know the mid-range jumpers that you had and all those kind of things. But I don't think I could play in today's game. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. Well, you would find a way because you would grow up to be acclimated into that kind of a game. So, well, but my thing is that. The, the game is it's 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 gotta make sense. So yeah, um, we know now that it's easier to score inside because they allow less contact. So mm-hmm. if it's easier to score in there. Why don't they throw the ball in there? Right. Why don't they throw, right. throw it in there? And in this and this is the crazy thing. They don't double team. That's right. That's right. They're, they're so no. afraid of that three-point line. Um, it's just nightmares. It just it just doesn't make sense. You know, like I said, yeah. I, I still have an appreciation for the guys. I have an appreciation for the talent. Uh, but I, I don't have an appreciation of the thinking because I think the thinking is really poor. Uh, yeah. Our league right now is a, uh, it's, it's a guard-dominant league, coaching-wise. There's no yeah, big right. coaching that that fits the suit right now, so that fits the thoughts. Um, you know, my 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 wife was or, or my son would say, "You sound pretty angry." I'm like, "I'm not angry. I'm just telling you what's going on." <laughs> it just it just looks like nonsense right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and also, Bill, I think there's a there's a lack of emphasis on defense and shot blocking. I mean, there's no there's no Mark Eaton's, Manute Bowles, Tree Rollinses out there clogging up that middle and blocking shots. You know, when you come down that lane, there's nobody like that anymore. So the game has definitely changed. Uh, I, I got a question here for us um, from David from Louisville, Kentucky. He. <laughs> He's wondering where his man, Artis Gilmore, is in the conversation about big guys. And also, how was it to play for the Zen master, Phil Jackson? Well, Artis, he is right there. As a matter of fact, um, I just saw Artis a couple of months ago in Chicago. He was at a game, and everybody loves Artis. Yeah, uh, you know, he was he was such a special guy, special player. Uh, he like me, I think he's married to his wife now, like fifty years. So he's just yeah. got a cruise on the mountain, and uh, he he still still does some stuff for his old college, uh, Jacksonville. So yeah, um, no, yeah, artist uh, artist is really uh, uh, awesome guy. You know, and it's funny because. Uh, when I first played against artists, I'm like, man, this guy, this guy's as strong as a mule. <laughs> there's two guys, there's two guys who were who were incredibly strong. One's Sunsoul, who uh, uh, I can remember running into him really hard, hit him really hard, and he did not move an inch. And I was like, wow, this guy's like a tree. 
an artist was his dead way. You know, I was trying to move artists, and he was just just like throwing me around like a rag doll. So yeah, 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 and and Phil Phil was great. You know, what's funny with Phil is that uh, I actually uh, played against Phil in his last year in Jersey, and um, you know. You just just give Jerry Cross all the credit in the world because uh, Jerry Cross hired Phil when uh, Doug Collins was the uh, head coach and brought him in, and then uh, um, and then two years later he he was the head coach when uh, when when Doug was let go, and, um, which was actually my second year in Chicago. So he became the head coach in '89 and. You know, the biggest thing about Tex, I'm sorry, the biggest thing about Phil is that he had two coaches with him. He had Johnny Bach and he had yeah. Tex Winner. And That's right. Because when he, when he took over, all of a sudden now the triangle is being incorporated and Johnny Bach introduced the defense. So Phil being the, as brilliant as he is, he's, he's, he's like, okay, you guys put it in, and I'll just uh, I'll just adapt those systems. So uh, he had two great coaches to work with uh, who were older, yeah. and he, he, he incorporated his system, made their system his. It was, it was brilliant. Wow, wow. Well, hey, Bill, you know, these half hours, they go by way. Fast. I'm gonna have to talk to Mark Pantini about giving me an hour one day so we can really get the things in. <laughs> but uh, we're we're about ready to wrap up this particular show. But I want to just say thank you so much for being our guest today. Fantastic insight to NBA basketball. Some of the great legendary names and coaches and players that you mentioned. Uh, and this is what really made the game what it is today. So, folks out there, continue checking in with us every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Standing Above the Crowd podcast, Sports Talk Radio with James Donaldson. And we'll bring you guest after guest, week after week, and I hope you're really enjoying this. Bill, my man, thank you so much. I'll follow up with a call with you afterwards, but thank you so much for coming on board. Say goodbye for everybody, and good night, everybody. James, thank you so much. Uh, it, was, it was awesome to be on. And let's do it again. You got it. We'll do it again. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a great day, everybody.